Welcome to Literary Elixirs, where we match books with delicious food and drink. I'm Justine the Librarian, and I've been chatting with various bibliophiles and purveyors of magical elixirs to discover the perfect pairings for a wonderful reading experience. This episode, I am joined by Eamon Hennessy, owner of Buck Mulligan's, a specialty Irish whiskey bar and bookshop in the heart of Northcote. Buck Mulligan's is a lovely space with a cosy snug as well as a leafy courtyard that unfortunately right now we can't get into. There are books for sale, as well as some available for borrowing or reading whilst enjoying a drink. One day we'll get back into Buck Mulligans for a chat, but today, owner Eamon joins me over Zoom. Welcome to Literary Elixirs, Eamon. Hi, Justine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's exciting to be here. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Even though we can't be in the places we want to be, it's so nice that we can connect these ways. Um, you know, we'd rather be in the bar, let's face it. Yes, absolutely. But it's still good to be talking whiskey. So, Always yeah. good to be talking. And books, whiskey and books. And so books, yeah, absolutely. Important bit. <laughs> so I was hoping that first of all, you could tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to open a whiskey bar and what it is about whiskey that you love so much. Okay, well, I've been in Australia since 95, uh, from Dublin, Ireland originally, and um, I've always worked in hospitality. And probably about 10 to 12 years ago, I started getting involved with whiskey. Uh, it became like... Uh, a real thing in hospitality venues uh, to, to build up a whiskey collection and to start engaging in, in tastings and so on. And so it was then that I really started to appreciate whiskey. I mean, prior to that, uh, my whiskey was mixed with, you know, soft drink, but um, uh, I didn't realize how, how whiskey, how good whiskey could be until we started um, experimenting with some tastings and, you know, selling some, um, some decent whiskies. So that's that's where I where I started, and then over the years I've become more and more involved, and um, yeah, ended up opening my own little whiskey bar. <laughs> Amazing! So I know that Buck Mulligan is a character in James Joyce's Ulysses, one of Ireland's most famous novels, of course, and that you yourself, as you just said, were born in Dublin. So clearly, you love the literature. But why decide to put the two together? Uh, well, I've always been a big reader. Books are probably my biggest passion. And most of the venues I've worked in, you know, since I started working in hospitality, you know, when I was 16, have always had uh, books in them, but they've been there for display only. They've been either fake and glued to a shelf or they've been real books, but locked behind a glass wall. So this idea was to kind of turn that on its head and actually have like real books that people can pick up and touch and read and um you know so i've always wanted to have a bookshop even though this bookshop is very small but it's kind of uh, constrained by the limits of of you know the building and and what you can do and so on so and um so yeah i just kind of wanted to combine the two you know my love for books and my love for whiskey and um you know, it's great to see people coming in to browse and uh, uh, and to buy, hopefully. But it's nice having people browsing the the bookshelves while other people are sitting and having drinks. You know, it's a nice it's a nice environment that we created. Absolutely. I was going to ask you how has the community embraced the concept, and what kinds of conversations do you get into talking about books and whiskey? Uh, yeah, I mean, like. 
once again, when you open a business, you don't really know what's going to happen, but we've definitely been embraced by the local community. Norcott's been very, very kind to us. Uh, and we get a huge variety of, of customers. Some people come in and they're only interested in the book. Some people come in and they're only interested in the whiskey. And, you, you know, it's, it's amazing. We also have, I mean, we also get everybody who, you know, all sorts of people that come in and they just want to have a glass of wine and sit in the window and look at the world go by. And um, so a real, uh, real wide demographic of people that, that come in. But we've had great support from the likes of Riders Victoria and other uh, literary groups as well. We have an, um, a monthly uh, open mic uh, storytelling night. We do events with um, Spirit of Punk, it's called. It's an open mic night for emerging writers. So over the over the years our literary events have grown and uh, i think all those people are excited by having their events in an actual bar instead of a you know function space you know per se so that works really well you know so um it gives you very european vibes doesn't it yeah 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 so it, it i think we you know once again, you don't really know. You have an idea of who your perfect customer is, but uh, Norcott has, has been has been very kind to us, and and uh, the locals have definitely embraced us. You know, so we've been there for four years now, so we feel like that we're a part of the strip, which is great, and it's a good place to be. Absolutely, it's such a gorgeous little shop. I've only seen it from standing on the sidewalk looking in, unfortunately. But my book club is very, very keen to come and and taste some whiskey and talk about books. So we may or may not yeah. be an Irish writer, but <laughs> yeah, we yeah yeah yeah. No, we have a little room at the back called Snug, and that's very popular with book groups. So we get book groups meeting uh, quite a lot, you know, throughout the week, which is great. Oh, really looking forward to the opportunity to come in one day. Um, all right, so. What we're going to do now is we're going to taste three whiskies and pair a book to each of them. And I'm super excited that you're actually going to be doing one of the pairings, which is a first, which I love. Um, and thank you so much because you actually enabled me to get my hands on some of these, um, well, the, the three whiskies that we're going to be talking about. So I've got little tasters in front of me and I think you've got some to taste as well in front of you. So we'll gradually, you know, get a bit slurrier and slurrier. <laughs> It's not bad for more than I to be drinking whiskey. Oh, not bad at all. Not bad at all. All right. Why don't you introduce us to the first whiskey that we'll be talking about? Uh, the first whiskey is the uh, Irish whiskey because uh, we're an Irish whiskey bar. So we're going to kick things off with an Irish whiskey. And this is the Hyde. It's their number three cask. It's a six-year-old single grain, which has been aged in a bourbon cast and bottled at uh, 46%. Mm. A lot, a lot of, a lot of the new whiskey coming out of Ireland now is bottled at a slightly higher uh, alcohol ABV, and in that way they don't have to uh, chill filter the whiskey. And um, a lot of Scottish whiskey is traditionally chill filtered, where they, where they aim to remove impurities, but they also remove a lot of, a lot of flavour as well. So if you have a higher alcohol strength you don't need to do that so you'll find that with a lot of australian whiskies and with a lot of uh, new irish whiskies coming onto the market so is this a fairly new whiskey oh they've been around for a few years now but like you know yeah relatively speaking they've been uh six seven years or so on uh, so Hyde are an independent bottler so they source uh, the whiskey and then they age it themselves uh and you that's actually quite a 
popular at the moment you you find there's independent bottlers popping up like in scotland and in australia as well so it's uh it's it's become a new way of getting whiskey to to market with without necessarily having to you know distill it and wait for years <laughs> it's such a beautiful color it's really quite rich and i loved the um the tasting notes that you sent me before i had a chance to taste it um they really do match though it is has a really sweet nose it's really it smells quite mm. light single grains are often sweeter because they use a lot of corn and uh, corn's a sweeter grain so they can be quite sweet and they can have a bit of a uh, you know a rye uh, flavor a bit of a spicy flavor to them and this this whiskey because it's 46 percent and it's finished in bourbon is a really good whiskey to use in a cocktail as well so you could use this uh, if you're making a whiskey sour or an old-fashioned uh, because because it's got a strong flavor it will carry through when you mix it it's delicious so it's, it's quite versatile yeah it's actually um probably my favorite of most of the whiskies i've ever tried um i have been to scotland and i have fond memories what i can remember of going to a distillery um but in australia i don't tend to enjoy a lot of the whiskies i've tried but this is absolutely delicious and in the tasting notes you sent me, there were these words, satisfying, complex, and sweet. And it really does have that sweet nose, like we said, but then there is that, that, that little bit of heat and there's a whole lot of complexity going on once you've taken a sip. Because I really enjoy this one, I thought, and, and, it, and it has those complexities and, and that sort of satisfyingness. Um, when I couldn't get past that word satisfying, I was thinking of um, a book that I love that I find really satisfying. And so I'm going to pair it with a book that I go back to read regularly. I still find it incredibly enjoyable. It's got so many different aspects that stick out to me at different times in my life. It's a book about friendship, adventure, sacrifice, choices, about how you may think you're unimportant, but you can still have an impact. It's The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> it's an epic fantasy that tells of a great and perilous quest undertaken to fight evil and to journey across Middle-earth deep into the shadow of the Dark Lord himself and destroy the Ring of Power by casting it into the cracks of doom. It's fabulously complex and yet utterly simple at the same time. It's sweeping in scope and well-building. A whole language was created for this world, Elvish. And I love that there are people that go and sing Elvish lays at Tolkien's graveside every year. And there is a darkness in the story. There is that, um, the flames, literally the heat um, at the centre at the cracks of doom, um, which is the Dark Lord Sauron. Um, but there are so many sweet moments as well. And um, it's, I read it as all three books in one. I was gifted it as a single volume. Um, so I never realised for a long time that it was actually split into three. And indeed, before that, it, it serialised even further into, I think, six or seven. Um, so reading it as one whole epic fantasy, was it's just the most satisfying read, um, one of the most satisfying books I've ever read. But I'm actually going to be slightly cheeky here, Eamon, and I want to mention another book. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really, like, I love the Irish side of this and, and the fact that you're an Irish, you know, specialty Irish whiskey bar. And... I, re I read this book recently that I absolutely loved and I wanted to pair it with this whiskey too for a number of reasons because it's too, it too is complex and it's interesting and it has elements of sweetness through what is actually a fairly violent story set in Belfast and it revolves around two men and their children and the tall fires which are laid every year. It's called The Fire Starters by Jan Carson. It's so interesting. It's really tough and punchy but then there are these surrealist elements or magical realism elements running through it. Um, and so because it's Irish, because it's complex, because it has these really weird, sweet elements running through it, I wanted to recommend that one too. So that's The Fire Starters by Jan Carson and The Lord of the Rings by Tolkien.
Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't actually read Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh my it. gosh! <laughs> I know I've read The Hobbit, but uh, yeah, I didn't get around to Lord of the Rings. But yeah, I believe it's an it's a, an amazing read, a good lockdown read. Absolutely, yeah. yeah something mm. that will while away a fair few days, uh, if not weeks. Um, I read it fairly quickly these days because I, I do tend to um, pick the like the certain bits. Sometimes, sometimes for some reason, I would just want to read about Mordor and the darkness and and the the really like terrible stuff. And then sometimes I just want the friendship and the light and the dwarf and the elf having you know this fun time together. Um, and then sometimes I just want to focus on the hobbits. So um, they all have different aspects to it and you know to the story that they're telling and um I, I love that about it but there's i have problems with it too he doesn't write women well and there's a few other issues but uh overall it honestly is one of the most satisfying endings as well to a book um so yeah i can't recommend it enough i know a lot of people don't do fantasy but um if you think of this as as tolkien's response to world war then um yeah you can you can really look at it through a whole other light but yeah, maybe you'll get a chance to, to read it this time. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and have you I heard of I, I, No, I haven't read that one either. It's yeah, relatively sorry. new. No, it's relatively yeah. new. And I know you're Dublin, not Belfast, but um, yeah. but it's really, it's really good. It's really different. Mm. It's not actually very big, um, but there's a lot going on in it. And uh, it's really interesting because one of the one of the main characters, Sammy, is um, quite a violent man and but as he's gotten through to his middle age, he becomes really aware of that violence and he doesn't like it. And he, he's fearful that he's passed it on to his son. And um, I just found that whole storyline really, really interesting as well. So there's another one for you. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of the new um, uh, Irish writers are doing really well now on the world stage, like, like Sally Rooney and, and Don Ryan and Anna Burns and so on. So uh, there's a lot of interest in Irish literature again, which is absolutely. Uh, and I mean, yeah, Sally Rooney, I could have probably chosen as well because there is sort of a lot of hate. Oh my goodness, you want to talk about hate? We just we took we can talk about <laughs> normal people, um, but we won't. We will move on. And this second whiskey that you're going to tell us about, you're actually going to do the pairing for, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I am indeed. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. to hear it. Tell us about the whiskey first, and then the book. Okay, so. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to include an Australian whiskey um, because we're in lockdown in Victoria. I've chosen a Victorian whiskey uh, that's made in Melbourne, and it's uh, the Bakery Hill uh, Doublewood. So the Bakery Hill guys have been making whiskey in in Victoria for twenty years now, and um, David Baker was originally a chemist and then started to make whiskey, uh, which is great for all of us that he did. So the double wood, uh, again, it's a six-year-old single malt, which is aged, uh, single malt this time, not single grain. So aged in bourbon casks and then finished for a final year in French oak. And it's also bottled at 46%. So it's a very smooth drink. It's a very um, approachable uh, single malt um, has a really nice uh, lingering, um, you know, uh, flavor. It's a really good whiskey to savor, and um, it's locally produced, so that's why I chose it. <laughs> it's lovely. It's all about shopping. All about shopping local now. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. No, it actually has. It's a. It's actually a really light color compared to the others. Mm. And it's really lovely on the nose. It's got sort of, oh, it's got some, mm. trying to think of the words, but yeah, that woodiness and. Yeah, mm. it's very rounded and it has a really nice lingering finish. 
Yeah, which definitely is, a, uh, that finish. Yeah. A, a lot of whiskeys um, can have a short finish, like a dry finish, where as soon as you swallow, it disappears. But this has got that more of that um, classic, um, you know, Scottish lingering, lingering finish, which is mm. really good. And it's just it's, it's, uh, a sort yeah, of, it's a whiskey to sip and to savor, you know. Well, now I'm very intrigued. What book are you pairing it with? Uh, well, I've also chosen a, a, a Victorian writer and a person who I think has only left Victoria twice in his entire life and has never been on a plane. So it's, uh, it's Gerald Murnane's Barley Patch. And this is my first lockdown read. And it's all about writing. It's all about writing, narrating and reading and all those things combined together. And a lot of people have been reading a lot in lockdown and there's a lot of people out there probably experimenting with writing while they're in lockdown. And it's a quite like, it, it would be a read that's not for everybody, but I just really like Murnane's style and um, his, uh, I think he, he crafts like his sentences are amazing. Like, you know, they just, and they just roll around your tongue. So I kind of think it's a great book to complement the whiskey and the whiskey complements the book because it's something to savor. You're savoring the language while you're actually, uh, you know, reading and, and the prose on the page. It, but it rolls around and it rolls back and forth between uh, the narrator and the narrator engages directly with the reader. Uh, and nothing actually happens. The whole, the whole, the whole book is about Renane when he decided to stop writing. So he he's talking about why he decided to stop writing, you know. And then he talks about the book he was writing while he stopped writing it, and it just kind of like you know just goes around. But uh, he said before that he's not really interested in, in creating plots or developing characters. He's only interested in, interested in trying to describe the contents of his mind and to put them on the page. And um, there's a section in it where he's reading Withering Heights. So he talks about the books that have had an influence on him. And often when, you, uh, when you're reading a, a book, you do stop. And, you know, I usually, if, I, if I'm reading Withering Heights, I would stop to ponder what I'm reading. Whereas Renane actually states that he, he what you call it, um, he stops, but not to ponder what he's reading, but to ponder the images that he has created himself in his own mind while reading what he's reading and it's those images that he creates in his mind that he's trying to record on the page. So it's constantly revolving. It's like a, you know, it's almost like a circular thing. And um, he's obsessed with the images in his mind. But I think that it's, it's definitely a language uh, to say, to savor uh, while, you know, while you're, while you're reading it, you know, you just find that just rolling around all the time. So, that's why I think it complements a whiskey really well, because if you're sipping a whiskey, you're supposed to roll it around in, 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 in your mouth. You're supposed to savor the, the, the flavor before you swallow. So it's a bit like when you're reading a sentence by Renee and you're rolling it around in your tongue before you kind of absorb the language. Hello. So that's why I thought they were a good patch uh, uh, or a good match for, for Barley Patch. And they're both uh, Victorian, you know, local and it sounds like a really good read for people right now in lockdown too with that whole writing what's in your brain and in your mind given you're not out there necessarily observing 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's so many different styles of, of writing out there and, um, you know, different ways of, of conveying, you know, images to the page. So uh, it, it, it would be an interesting read for people who are interested in, in the whole process of writing. And also, I really like how you described what he says about reading and, and basically what he's saying is he's, a cre he's, he's creating from someone else's work. So he's mm. a, like the creative process doesn't stop with the writer finishing a book. It actually continues on with the reader interpreting and then he's yep. trying to get his interpretations out of his brain and onto the page as well. And I just think that's amazing. It's such a one. I mean, it's something that I think a lot of people know at a like sort of more intrinsic level, but to actually verbalize it is not that easy. Um, I was, I, I just did a, a, a quick uh, little look of him up because I hadn't heard of, I'd heard the name, but I hadn't, I hadn't read Gerald Bernane at all. And um, in 2018, the New York Times actually did a big feature on him and called him the greatest living English language writer most people have never heard of. Yeah. How's yeah. that? He's not, very, he's not very well read, but he is, uh, and he's not, he would not be to everybody's taste, but he is uh, an amazing writer. Hmm. I, it's yeah. definitely, he's definitely going on my list. My list is ridiculously long, but that sounds so interesting. I, yeah, um, yeah I'm going to have to do a deep dive now. Thank you. Yeah, and he, he just believes that, that when you, I suppose, when you read fiction, it creates images in your mind. So as far as he's concerned, those images are as real as something that you might look at in, in the actual world. You know, because they're both images then are in your mind, whether one comes from a fictional source or one comes from your reality. As far as he's concerned, they're equally valid because they're in your mind. And so whatever images are in his mind, then he's trying to put on the page, you know, so That's it's a interesting brain. <laughs> yeah. So they're not, they're not traditional uh, um, narratives in the, like, there's no plots, like nothing really happens, you know, but. Um, kind of feels like now. So that sounds okay. like a lot of life, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a fabulous pairing. I love it. That's so, so cool. Um, all right. Last whiskey, whiskey number three. Yeah. Your turn to introduce. Uh, yeah, well, we should finish on something that's big, bold, and peaty, and and finish on something a bit more tr traditional in that it's a big, it's a big, bold Scottish whiskey. So we've gone for the Laphroaig uh, quarter cask. Uh, so uh, Laphroaig is 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 known for its peaty whiskey, and the ten year old will be a very very popular uh, uh, popular whiskey. But this one here is. It's bottled at 48%, so it's quite strong, and it's aged in casks which are like quarter the size of a normal uh, cask, so the flavor is more intense. You know, it's getting more of that, you know, the connection with, with the wood. And um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a great whiskey. Um, I really like this whiskey because it's, it, is, it is strong and it's peaty. And they say there's two types of peat. There's a, your there's your like dry campfire peat, and then there's your wet, salty, damp seaweed peat, which is what we have here. But it also finishes really nice. There is a lot of sweetness on the back palate, and it has a really long uh, finish. But it's a sweet finish, so uh, I think it's a very balanced whiskey between the the, the, the initial peatiness and then the, the sweetness to finish. Yeah, it's a hoof. When I first 
sniff it, like that mm. strong peaty smokiness. And I'm not a huge peat loving fan, um, but it is like, I, did, I find that so interesting about the two different kinds of peatiness. And maybe this is the kind that I like more because it has that elements of sweetness to it. Um, and yeah, I, I can get that seaweed. I can get that sort of briny, almost brininess, I think. Briny, yeah. yeah. Mm, and actually, I do like it. Um, it was such a difficult, difficult whiskey for me to pair with anything because it's so overwhelming and that is a powerful smokiness and heat, um, really full bodied and rich and that dark coal flavor that lingers and, and just keeps on going, but has that sweetness as well. So it took me a while to settle on a particular book. I'll be honest, it takes me a while to settle on just one book all the time anyway. And um, there were a couple I could have gone with, but the one I ended up choosing, I'm not sure if you would have read either. It's called The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. It's quite a popular book. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one because when I first read it, I didn't like it. I liked all of it except for the ending. And I thought that I, hate, I hated the ending. Um, but what's lingered with me longer than anything else is that ending. Um, so it's about a circus, the night circus. It arrives without warning. It's simply there when yesterday it was not. It's only open at night. Behind the scenes, a fierce competition is underway. A duel between two young magicians, Celia and Marco, who have been trained since childhood expressly for this purpose by their mercurial instructors. Unbeknownst to them both, this is a game in which only one can be left standing. Despite the high stakes, Celia and Marco soon tumble headfirst into love, of course, setting off a domino effect of dangerous consequences and leaving the lives of everyone, from the performers to the patrons, hanging in the balance. And because this whiskey is really has that that heat and that dark darkness to it. I wanted to maybe rather rather than compliment it, maybe contrast it a little bit. Um, this is this story is really beautifully descriptive, and it's a story that it starts fairly dark and it lives in the night time, but it's actually really not that dark, and and it speaks to that chocolate, that cinnamon, to that sort of mouth coating, the sweetness, and the and there's a you know that hint of spice or the brininess, um, and it's a story that lingers um, long up. Like I read it years ago, and I still remember it and think of it fairly regularly. Weirdly enough, and when I was um, thinking about this whiskey, that that book and the cover, particularly because it's quite a dark cover. Um, just kept springing into my brain. So I chose the Night Circus. Mm. Do you want to know what my other choice was going to be? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to pair this one and I was going to uh, uh, go for crime, Scottish crime, because uh -oh. Inspector Re Rebus, I don't know if you've read the Rebus novels, but he is a big fan of Freud. So I was kind of, Oh, that would have been a good black, one. Black and Blue. I was going to choose his, one of uh, Ian Rankin's, uh, yeah, crime novels. That would have been a really good one. We'll, we'll pop that on the list as well, because that's a really, yeah. I can see that going down well, actually. Because this is yeah. a, a sipping, you know, you sip away, you, you, you read some of Inspector Rebus and sip away again. No, I like that. I like that. Mm. I was also tossing up, um, I wanted to pick a Scottish thing, but I kept coming back to this sort of the smokiness and the fire. And, and, and then I, I remembered this book called The Fireman by Joe Hill, who's actually Stephen King's son. And he's a writer and does amazing work on his own. Um, but uh, he's really good at post-apocalyptic stuff. And that book, The Fireman, is actually about a, uh, a disease that, um, you know, descends on, on the world. And uh, it's called Dragon Scale. And um, it's, it's basically, you end up going up in a conflagration of flames. And it's actually um, spread through the column, the, the column of 
flame and smoke and the ash that gets um, carried with the wind. And that whole image was just in my head when I was thinking about um, sniffing this particular whiskey, mm. getting that, that sort of that, a bit of that ashiness as well. Um, if you just smell it and don't taste it and then you, you close your mouth and you breathe out your nose, you can sort of get that ashy sense in your mouth because it's really dry as well. Um, and so, yeah, that made me start thinking about this and because also it's like the, you know, the, um, the, the pandemic and, and things like that, those influences as well. It's quite dark, but it, it doesn't end yeah. up, it's actually an optimistic post-apocalyptic novel if such a thing exists. <laughs> I think a lot of post-apocalyptic is actually optimistic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all about human survival. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I think I like Inspector Rebus a bit more, come to think of it, because there's something comforting about detective stories, isn't there? And, and mm. you just know he's going to get his man. Yeah, they do have a certain sweetness at the end, usually, a good detective novel, even though it can be quite, you know... Violent. You know, yeah. dark and, you know, mysterious before it gets there. But, um, yeah, no, it's just a great whiskey. It's a great whiskey. It you is. probably it compare is. it with a lot, of, a lot of different books. Yeah, I think it would actually. It was really hard. Like the others, sort of something immediately sort of stood out. But with this one, I was I really struggled. Um, but it's really nice. I think you've uh, you've you've changed my tune on whiskey, Eamon. I I really well, enjoyed all of them actually. I still think the the hide is my favourite. Um, yeah. It's just it's just a little bit lighter for me. But um, yeah, it is it is it is lighter because the the other two are single malts, whereas the hide's a single grain. And, and there's a lot of corn in there, so it is, it is light. it's a lighter style. It's a style that I really like. It's quite a versatile style as well in that you can use it in, in cocktails, but it's still, it's still a nice sipping whiskey. Uh, the other two whiskeys are definitely, you know, uh, sipping, savouring whiskeys to drink slowly and, and to, you know, enjoy. Less versatile when it comes to cocktails. They're more like, you know... Uh, special treat whiskies, you know, they're they're really nice. But um, all need a yeah, so good, 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 good variety there. You know, uh, I wanted to finish on something big and peaty. Uh, a lot of people don't like the peat, but you know, there's oh. people love it, people hate it. You know, I think also it's a matter of trying the different styles, like you say, because yeah. Um, yeah, this has made me a convert. I think um, mm. people can still get their hands on some whiskey from Buck Mulligans too, can't they? Uh, yeah, well, we got our little whiskey online shop going, which is been, uh, which is doing really well, and we're open every Friday for takeaway. Uh, so we do it all whiskey-based cocktails, which are selling really well, and we've also got some uh, wine and beer, but we've got some a nice selection of uh, whiskey bottles as well for sale. So that's been going well, and once again, it's the Norcote locals who are coming in and you know supporting us, which is which is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully, once the five k uh, you know lifts, we can uh, all of us can come and enjoy at least a takeaway whiskey. Yeah, and at this stage, we're looking at last week in October was when we will reopen. Hopefully, if <laughs> the numbers come down. Fingers mm. crossed. They've been doing all right. Well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eamon. That was fabulous. Um, that's all that we, we've got time for. But did you want to mention, is there anything else that you wanted to, to say before we close up? No, not really. I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me on the show. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you for brilliant pairings and, um, and for, for you know, keeping going and getting whiskey to the people that need it in lockdown. It's, uh, it's been wonderful. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> well, that's all from me, folks. Remember to check out Buck Mulligans on Instagram at Buck Mulligans. And I think that's also, you're also on Facebook and all the socials as well, yep. aren't you? Yep. 
And do let me know if you have any suggestions for any kind of literature pairing with a delicious elixir. I'd love to do more. You can find Literary Elixirs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Literary Elixirs. And if you're interested in more information, such as notes and photos from each episode, check out literaryelixirs.com. Enjoy all elixirs responsibly. And remember, books go with pretty much anything. Thank you.